Hello and welcome to Straight Talk, Supply Chain Insights, the podcast for your supply chain leader who is on the go and wants to be in the know. And now, your host, Laura Sassiri. Welcome to Straight Talk with Supply Chain Insights. My name is Laura Sassiri. I'm the founder of Supply Chain Insights, and this podcast is designed for the supply chain leader who's on the go but wants to be in the know. Today, I want to have a straight talk about sales and operations planning. Oh my word, I've been studying the evolution of sales and operations planning for over the last two decades, and we're slipping, you know, we're not getting better, we're getting worse. And my observation is that many people are struggling because they've not really stepped back and thought about the basics of sales and operations planning. And the first question I ask companies is, what is the goal? What is your strategy? What is the goal of sales and operations planning? And how do you know that you're successful? And most people look at me kind of strangely, like, aren't you the most stupid analyst in the world that you would ask us what the goal of sales and operations planning is? But it should be to drive strategy. You know, it should never be focused on a function. It should not be focused on the S without balance and the OP. It really requires clarity of strategy, and it is a connector between strategy to execution. Very few companies are clear on strategy, and only 15% of companies tie the tactical planning of sales and operations planning to execution. So here's where the rub starts, right? It's We're still very functional. We lack the clarity of strategy as it ties to functions. Our metrics are very functional. We lack a balanced scorecard. In the most mature organizations, there's a balanced scorecard where the functions really report reliable results. Things like hands-free orders, things like forecast value add, things like schedule adherence, things like effectiveness of demand shaping programs, and the ability to drive reliability through the organization and things like first pass yield and changeovers. It's getting the cadence and the functions to focus on reliability and the balance scorecard to tie the strategy and then using sales and operations planning as a mechanism to drive playbooks to be able to enable the tactical planning to the execution. Now, The conundrum is that we've gone backwards over the last five years, not forward, in terms of how 128 companies perceive their current sales and operations planning processes. And this is despite the fact that we've invested 1.7% of revenue in information technology. So, you know, the key here is tools are not the answer, right? It's building the organizational muscle to think about planning and to balance the urgent and the important. And the lack of understanding of planning at the executive level is usually a very large barrier. So as we think about planning, one of the first steps that we struggle with is forecasting. What is the difference between a sales forecast and a financial forecast and a supply chain demand forecast? Well, the only commonality is the word forecast. But, and people have this misconception they can have one number forecast. Well, forecast is lots of numbers. And I laugh and I say, which number in these many numbers do you want to align on? Instead, what we need to align on is a common plan. A common plan which allows 
the supply chain forecast to be at a mix, which is an item location level, the financial plan, which is in a currency, dollars, euros, and a sales forecast, which ties to pipeline. Now, the ability to do this kind of modeling requires a robust demand planning tool, which allows us to be able to do this kind of modeling of bottoms up, tops down, currency to volume, and to be able to look at the implications as we change the demand to be able to translate to mix. If you do not hold yourself accountable at an item location level to drive a feasible tactical plan for constraints for operations, well, guess what? You're not going to be effective. If you don't have the what-if capabilities to do it, guess what? You're not going to be effective. If you don't have the mindset of dealing with inventory as form and function and looking at buffers, guess what? You're not going to be effective. So those are key elements as we think about the connection of sales and operations planning to execution. Now, what we've seen is many companies who are well-intended, many technologists who are well-intended will say, well, we just need an integrated plan. And that's not enough. And then some will come and say, well, we just need to connect the data. And that's not enough. And let me tell you why. So in demand, there are distinctive demand flows that need to be translated to supply chain to be effective. One of the demand flows is seasonality. Seasonality needs to be translated along with replenishment in curves and patterns to be able to go into the rhythm wheel of tactical production planning. If you can't see the curves of replenishment and seasonality, you will struggle. Likewise, events need to be incorporated as an event flow into sales and operations planning. We need to know the start date, the stop date, and the uplift. And we also need to know what the impact is on demand elasticity at the baseline lift level. So event flows, seasonal flows, new product launch flows. You know, if we never changed anything, then we wouldn't need to see these patterns in supply chain. But they're very important to be able to maximize the effectiveness of assets because what has happened is we've tried to balance global operations. We've increased asset utilization and the only way we can maximize the effectiveness of operations is to be able to put better math on the demand flows to optimize the supply flows and that requires a different level of granularity than many people think about. So connection of the demand flows to the rhythm wheels within supply chain and a rhythm wheel is basically the order in which I need to produce products. So for example, I used to work at an ice cream factory and the way we ran the factory was on Sunday night, the rabbi came and we ran all of our kosher products. And then we started up the next day 
with vanilla. And by the way, there were 12 flavors of vanilla. And then we put specks in it for vanilla bean. And then we went to strawberry. And then we went to chocolate. And then we washed out. And then we started our allergen runs. And so we walked through the long tail of the supply chain. And as we did that, we tried to be able to incorporate in that cycle as many products as we could to minimize washouts and to minimize changeovers. But guess what? We couldn't do that without a very effective pattern analysis of seasonality because ice cream is extremely seasonal. And the seasonality and the events, buy one, get one free, you know, $2 off at market, had to be modeled or we would miss that product in the cycle and we would have to short cycle or short orders. So this translation of demand flows to supply flows is so critical. And many people who have not done this mapping lack that understanding. Okay, so back to sales and operations planning. We need robust demand management tools that are pattern translators. We need robust supply chain tools and processes that look at constraints and look at the form and function of inventory. And we need to be able to tie this through playbooks to be able to say, if this happens, then we need to do this. It's sort of like when football teams go on the field, they're not sure what's going to happen, but they've got well-orchestrated playbooks that they've reviewed in the locker room when they're looking at the videos of the other team. So in the mature sales and operations planning technologies, we have playbooks and we can track the execution of the process to the playbook. And when the play needs to change, we can call the change in the play to tie tactical to execution. Now, this is not what most people have. Most people believe they can integrate data or connect data without the pattern translation and without the synchronization of the signal and without understanding the mapping of the demand flows to the supply flows. And guess what? We just lose a lot of opportunity and we drive a lot of frustration because we don't have a feasible plan and we're not able to maximize operations and we short orders. The number one question I'm asked by clients today is, how do I improve customer service? And improving customer service is getting better at demand variability and supply feasibility mapping. It also requires us to get better at time planning to execution. And unfortunately, many of these clients will wake up after they've spent millions of dollars in compliance fees saying, I get it. So the functional tools of CRM or the functional tools of financial forecasting are not adequate for supply chain forecasting. The budget should come into the SNOP process only as an input, visibility, never as a constraint. The companies that have tied the forecast to the SNOP process as a constraint rank significantly lower on satisfaction of SNOP and the ability to drive agility into the process. Likewise, companies that have focused on an integrated supply chain tightly integrated where we don't have the ability to do what if a modeling and we don't have the ability to do demand modeling and to tweak it before we pass it to supply and we don't have the ability to do playbooks and we don't have the ability to really look at alternatives 
are not able to drive the level of agility that's needed in SNOP, and they rate themselves significantly lower. So look at the research I'm going to publish next week. You know, I think you'll be shocked at the number of companies that cannot model a feasible plan because the supply model is inadequate, the number of companies that cannot do what-if analysis because they didn't understand it when they bought the technology that there was a request, the number of technology companies that can't do playbooks, and the few companies that tie tactical planning to execution. You know, I'm an old gal. I've been at this a long time. We're getting worse, not better. And, you know, we got a lot of hype in the market. And all I really want to do is see people deliver results and have more fun doing it. This is Laura. Until next time, look for my report next week. Bye now.